After it, it's I feel like. it, it out. <laughs> That's a tough thing. <laughs> <laughs> now I just want to watch people, British people, say a lot of tea in a row. Have you have you ever seen like a non-American do an American accent like in your face? It's no. one of the most no. amazing things ever. <laughs> we had like this um, New Zealand guy that. Um, no, he was Aussie, so he was from Australia, but he was our tour guide for one of our trips in high school. Mm-hmm. And he would just come up to me and he's like, Graydon, I would like to buy a credit card <laughs> and go to the airport to get a Cinnabon. And I'm like, hey, can you... Actually, that's really funny. <laughs> Actually, you can do that to me all day, every day. I, that's just ridiculous. Um, but... Alex, you want to kick us off here with uh, what our topic is? So, for this week's episode, we watched the feature film, The Fanatic, starring John Travolta and directed by Fred Durst from Limp Can you also say what year it was released? Because I was... Thoroughly shooken when I saw that. I yeah. think it was 2019. It was, it was last year. Yeah. <laughs> it was like August couple, of last year. A couple, yeah. two, three months ago. Yeah. Depending on how you look at time now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was wild. I was expecting 90s. I thought this was going to be one of yeah. his failure movies before Pulp Fiction. Well, I feel like he's... You know. Fred Durst did not direct Pulp Fiction. No, no, no. no. Fred okay. Durst. No. <laughs> Directed a lot of music videos for a lot of great songs. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, yeah. Fred Durst directed and I think co wrote um, this movie based loosely based on his own experiences with fans. So I don't know what that says about him and his relationship <laughs> with fans. Oh, yeah. Or how he views fans. Um, but, do you want me to do like a little summary? Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I guess we need to preface saying that this movie gave me so much anxiety that I yes. couldn't watch it at work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was just watching it like on the elevator over here and mm-hmm. like the 30 minute gap between clocking out and walking over and stuff. But, yeah. yeah, and it's a tense one. And Tim, you, how'd you watch it? What'd you do? <laughs> spark, spark notes. Yeah, more or less spark noted the movie. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, Alex, you have to explain the plot. Okay, so the plot is as follows. It stars John Travolta as um, Moose, who um, is, I would say, on the spectrum. And he is a huge fan of um, Hunter. I forget what Hunter's last name is. But Hunter is a kind of an action star. And he's played by Devin Sawa who is from Casper, Casper and Casper. Casper the yeah. friendly ghost? Yeah. I didn't know that. Is that yeah. him all grown up? Or? Yes. Wow, he's yeah. jacked as shit. Yeah. Um, it looks like he he discovered Botox, so he got a little into the Botox. Or Anyways, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so uh, Moose um, is kind of, a huge fan of Hunter. They meet at, um, at one of his signings. 
or one of his appearances, and Hunter ends up not being very nice to him. And that kind of leads Moose on this kind of quest to um, befriend Hunter. Um, and he is friends with this girl named Leah, who's kind of like a paparazzi, and she helps him uh, find Hunter, and then it gets a little um, violent. <laughs> Cuckoo bananas? <laughs> yeah, it gets a little uh, scary, I would say, a little lifetimey. Um, <laughs> um, and eventually it culminates with uh, murder and, um, spoiler alert, murder. Murder. <laughs> murder. Um, and You're saying Mordor? Murder. How does a branch person say that, you think? <laughs> murder. Murder. <laughs> murder. Oh, did he get, get Johnny jabbed in the witty? <laughs> oh, shit. That's Lorena Bobbitt's time. It's <laughs> Bajina twisted out of sorts. <laughs> were good. I didn't think that the storyline was good. There was a few plot holes. And I didn't think it aged well, but um, how did you guys feel? You got something? Yeah. I was going to say, I was expecting the whole soundtrack to be Limp sourced from Limp Bizkit. So for sure. Really it upset. It was only in there once. <laughs> And it was. It's such yeah, it's such a shameless plug by Fred so The whatever his name is, uh, Botox Nipples McGee is mm -hmm. driving around in his car. Yes. And he's like, you know, it's rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> so, oh great man, song. isn't this sick? We used to get down on this back in the day. This is great. This little kid is like, I'm too young to be sitting in the front seat. You're a horrible parent. And now you're showing Leland a biscuit. No, so stupid. That was stupid. Um, they shot it in Birmingham. The estimated budget was about England 18 million. Alabama. How much did it? It made what? just over three grand in the box office. Ooh, <laughs> man. That has to be. What's, what? the, really what's the lowest grossing movie ever? Because I feel like that is impressive. That's pretty low. low. Yeah. I would say this is down there. I think there's movies that have done worse, though. Know what Nick Swanson movie where he's a porn star with a small penis? That was a huge flop, and he he what opened. Um, you know what? I'm gonna try to convince the, the lead on my team. Uh, whenever we're in Zoom stuff meetings, she'll we'll, I'll be like, oh yeah, I think this book came out last year, and then within two seconds, she's like, no, it came out three years ago. <laughs> She's, she, got, she's, she's on the Google. She's on the Google <laughs> so quickly. I want her to be our engineer. <laughs> well, okay, okay, I don't know how to pronounce this title. Uh -huh. but oh, is this the this is, I think so. In 2006, this movie called Zizix wrote Zizix. Oh, yeah. That's, I think oh, yeah, just yeah, I out of. That. I don't know how to pronounce yeah. that. Is that got Catherine Heigl in it? <laughs> 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 wait, wait, who am I? Hold on. Yeah, that's why I knew about it. Yeah. How much did it make? Uh, let's just take a couple of guesses. Once you guess, and then I'll be thirteen. Forty dollars. Oh my god, Alex is close. It was thirty dollars. Wow, that's two tickets, right? <laughs> Jesus, it must have been someone on the film, right? Oh man, you're like gotta go see our great work. <laughs> I've read about that. I totally forgot. Um, yeah, that was. I'm awful. How's that not talked about more often? I know it was 2006. It was 14 yeah, years ago. But still, I mean, oh, so plus inflation, that's like $33. <laughs> Shit, it's not, it's not that bad. Let's see, it increases between 1% to 2% a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> just like anytime math is mentioned. <laughs> um... 
Yeah, I, I was really shocked that this came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that our, our whole thing is this didn't age well. And mm-hmm. so it's just really, I thought we weren't going to get anything uh, more recent than like The Office or mm-hmm. some of the newer Bond films, which I've finally been watching some of the older Bond films. I'm like, oh my God, there's even a line in one of the, I think it's like Tomorrow Never Dies or something like that. I could say it. Is that the one where they surf in? I think so. Yes. By the way, I could say three words that make no sense, and it could be a bomb film, but um, (laughs) he is literally talking to uh, Mrs. Featherbottom, Holly, whatever her face is. I can't remember. Anyway, but she literally says to James Bond, you know, some of the things you say could be taken to HR, and he's like, well, how do we handle that and she's like you follow through on your accusations and I was just like what that conversation would never happen <laughs> in the last 20 years <laughs> that would never be okay <laughs> it's just so bizarre to me um, but yeah I I am blown away that this came out just last year in August of last year yeah. that um, I mean I, I don't want to be really insensitive here but you know that classic line from uh, Tropic Thunder where it's like never go full R word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, I think it's a very touchy thing to do. I think the TV show Atypical does it flawlessly. Yeah. Like it On Netflix? Yes, yeah. I, I've seen that show twice. It's so good. I haven't seen it. Um, I mean, I think after like Rain Man, everybody's like, oh, if you're like a good actor, you can pull this off. But yeah. No, you really gotta, you yeah. gotta have a really good writing. <laughs> you gotta have really good editing. Yeah. Because otherwise you look like a total asshole. Yeah. Because you're not, and it's not even, I, I don't know. It, even if there is a personal connection with the actor, I just don't see it being, I think it's a people with mental illnesses need to be represented in a very respectful that's why I like atypical because everybody's yeah. supporting that main character mm-hmm. who has autism. Yeah. But he's pretty high functioning with yeah. his autism. But it's like, it's not like he's completely neglected or yeah. abused or made fun of mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's like everybody in the school is fully aware. Mm-hmm. They're all. And he probably plays it like down, maybe yeah. just like more realistic. Yeah. And and the truth is like everyone has different experiences and different areas of the spectrum that they're on and John Travolta actually had a son who was autistic and he um there's like mention in like a couple articles that he kind of did it as a tribute to him. Right. And that's what I mean about that personal connection. Totally. Yeah. But I think that the way that it doesn't work in this movie is that at times he's a little more sweet and innocent and then at times he's he plays more like psychotic so it's not as um as realistic as i think it could have been if he wanted to go that direction yeah like have you ever seen the movie the accountant I don't think so. It's with Ben Affleck, and he is, I think he has Asperger's or something mm-hmm. like that, but the whole, people really got upset with that movie, because he's like this accountant who's also ex-military assassin sort of type of guy, and he does certain things to make himself more functional in the real world, where, like, there's a whole scene where every day for, what, 27 minutes, like, some of the very specific, he, like, rubs, like, a hard metal tube on his chin and mm-hmm. listens to really, really loud, heavy metal music. So he's overwhelmed for that amount of time. And then he becomes very more, his sensory disorder becomes more manageable when he's out in the real world and stuff like that. But then it's like, he's making eye contact with people, which mm-hmm. would not happen. He's yeah. like forming romantic relationships with people, which would not happen. Right. So that's why people are really upset. That's what I mean by you really got to be careful on this. <laughs> because I thought that the account was great, but everybody just shit on Ben Affleck for it. <laughs> it was like he probably like did. Maybe they it was a choice, but like they he probably didn't study it or things like that, where it's yeah. like took the time to realize how autistic people really are. Yeah. 
Um, and I think, honestly, Travolta did a decent job of, of portraying it, but they kind of used it to their advantage in a way that wasn't realistic, I think. Yeah, it was prominent when they wanted it to be prominent. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Before we get into, like, how this didn't age well, can we please do a round robin of just, like, random people we've been, like, fanatics about or people we've met or weird celebrity encounters yeah. or something like that? Because this is chock full of... Mm-hmm. Because a lot of that stuff was really relatable to me. I was like, I have definitely stood in front of, like, a mirror or, walk, like, sometimes... Like, when Pete Holmes was coming to Comedy Works, like, literally was walking to Comedy Works, I was like, hey, Pete! Oh, fuck, he, like, everybody calls him Pete. Like, you know, just like, and then, like, hey, Pete! And I was like, no, no, I just be like, hey, thank you for making me laugh. I'm like, no, that's too simple. Like, I want to know that I'm like, should I bring up the book that he talked about three years ago? Should I, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very curious to know, like... And to share, you know, awkward or scary or mean interactions with people. So, very, very curious. Do you want to start, Graydon? Sure. Yeah. You should. So, I know, I'd love your sweater. I really Thank you so much. Too. It's actually a men's sweater. Is it really? Yes. Okay, well. I got it at the outlet. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Michael Scott. Yeah. Does your, does your pantsuit have pockets? No, it does not. <laughs> but it was, we were all just grabbing from the same thing, and this is what I got. Okay, so. Um, um, <laughs> I was trying to, because we were talking to Lobby a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I, I was telling her that um, it's one of those things that I love so much, and but every time I bring it up, I'm like, it sounds like I'm being cocky. But keep in mind, when I was at hotels and all this stuff, all my friends were making like quadruple what I made <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. So they were talking about like their cars that they bought, and I was like, "Well, I met Mario Lopez last night, so y'all can suck it." Mario. <laughs> 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 um, but I, I, I told her that I was been very privileged to never really, really have like a very bad celebrity yeah. experience, um, but. And I think that's also, like, that's one of the reasons why I try to steer clear of, of famous people, especially that I'm fans of, Yeah, is I don't want to have a bad experience with them, you know? Like, so I'll just, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, you do your thing, right. you know? I mean, yeah, and especially if you're meeting, like, a guy celebrity, it could be really, he'd be really creepy for, like, no reason. Um, or mean. Awkward. Or mean, yeah. Mad, um, angry, I don't know, there's so many. And now that's like social media, you can post everything, it's like... Yeah. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of like some of the bigger ones. So like, I was telling you how when I was at the Raffaella Hotel in Kansas City, Ringo was performing at like the Red Rocks version of Kansas City. Nice. And he had just the shittiest show and he came back and he was so pissed off at everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, you know, I just saw a beetle for the first time in my life like and this is the, and the next day he comes down and he's like we had a bad show <laughs> we had a really bad show and I am so sorry <laughs> oh man um, so what was, was what did he do was he mean it was just, just like short with everybody and... well with those kind of things the hotel is so fucking small mm-hmm. the the lobby is you know the size of this common area here mm-hmm. and um, we do so much the preserve their anonymity and stuff like that to yeah. where they can come in through the front door. Nothing is posted on social media. If I said right. if anybody said anything they get fired instantly and everybody's yeah. aware that you know the stakes involved. Yeah. And so when he came in, everybody was kind of like not necessarily lined up, but like present and ready and making sure that he was okay and he just yeah. everybody was saying hi to him and he just fucking beeline and like just glared at people. Um uh, Paul McCarty came shortly after that for he was performing at his friend center, which is funny because it's you know quadruple the occupancy. So it's just funny how that plays out. But so were these guys were they um, did they wear anything like hats or because they're so uber famous? I would assume. Yeah, and you to... can't fucking miss Ringo or right. or Paul. 
So Paul just, I think he's been famous for, what, 50 years now? Yeah. So he's just like, I, I can't fly <laughs> yeah. at all. So he's fine. Uh, Ringo came in with, like, um, sunglasses on. Mm. But um, Paul was super nice, asked for almost nothing, um, instead of having, like, a laundry list of demands and stuff like that. But my favorite experience with Raphael was uh, Patrick Eels from Princess Bride, Saw. He's the, um, the as you wish guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he came in with like this Japanese Joy Division shirt on. I was like, oh, I freaking love your shirt. I love that band. He's like, oh, dude, I just got this at Urban Outfitters. And then he, we talked about Joy Division for like 20 minutes. Oh, I was like, awesome. see, that's the kind of shit. That, I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was a, a super fan of him by any means. Yeah. But it was like that. This is someone who's been very famous for a while. Yeah. That is still really respecting That's nice. the fans. Um, I, the one thing I thought about that I hadn't really thought about is like how people who are famous or, or well-known, how they look at the world differently, I would assume. And I don't know if they get used to it, but like I can't imagine what it's like to be approached by people. All the time. All the time. And God forbid the, yeah. the smartphones getting notifications constantly. People, I, there's got to be some sort of like I would be kind system. of bald. You know, <laughs> yeah. Scared. You have people in a room replying to mentions on Twitter. Exactly. There's got to be something <laughs> to protect you. Yeah, I, I just think you. I would. I would assume that you have to have kind of be on the defense a little bit more. Well, you got to protect yourself. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, it's like. I don't know. I. It's my favorite quote about like being a celebrity is from David Letterman, who is, has had his spells of being a real dick, yeah. on on late night, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But he's like, I love being famous. It makes the whole world a small town. People come up mm -hmm. and they're like, How are, how's your mother? You're like, oh, thank you for asking. My mother is doing quite well, and like, what are you gonna do once you return? He's like, I never want to return. You know, just like super nice. And, yeah. Yeah. That is kind of an interesting way to look at it. It's but kind of a glass half full. Have you ever like obsessed over? No, I've bit? never been fanatic. No. Never had. I don't know. Never kidnapped. Anyone. Who would you want to meet out of anybody? I honestly, I can't think of any right now. Have That's you ever fair. had any awkward interactions or scary, mean <laughs> interactions? <laughs> no, the only interaction I've had with any celebrities. Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, sweet Jesus. Really? And I was, it was so quick. It was a couple of seconds. But I was working at a casino in Reno. And I was bartending. And we would do different banquets and events. Mm -hmm. So he was playing a show. And we got all of these like B-list artists who would play shows there every weekend. Mm -hmm. So it was Billy Ray Cyrus and my buddy that I worked there with. I was like, we're coming up the service elevator. Mm -hmm. So we grabbed our little mobile bars and like stocked them up and everything. And we're heading up, and I was like, what would happen? What would you say if you saw Billy Cyrus right now? And the next floor, he gets on with all of his, like, entourage and everybody that were, like, nice. I guess the security, like, hotel staff that were escorting him. Yeah. And I thought he was on cocaine because he was bouncing off the walls. He's like, hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing today? You all ready for the show? Blah, 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 Couldn't get a word in for 30 seconds. <laughs> and he's like, all right, we all take it easy. And like, and walks off and we just walk out behind him. Like, oh. Aces. Yeah. <laughs> he totally did that. Wow, that's, that's bananas. That's actually, I mean, that's a really, I feel like that's a very raw experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. But I didn't say a word. I said, you know, I got like a, yeah. Put my hand up. And then he just, just jabbering away. Yeah. That's but. another thing that I think is interesting about how they might feel pressured to be on, you Ooh, know. That's a good point. To be on the drugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's why they do drugs, yeah. Yeah, it's like you've gotta have something to keep you, you know, elevated to the point where you can people come up to you like you can be the person that they are expecting. I mean it's like I I know this is a smaller example for most people, but like, can you imagine like Sam Talent going into Comedy Works or like Adam King the Hall going into Comedy Works? Like, they have to be on yeah. all the time, especially, you know, for the new employees who yeah. are going to remember that the next time you come or mm -hmm. going to tell their friends about this and stuff like yeah, that. For sure. I mean, that's why 
I think that's why it, it's kind of like a running joke about ACH, but it's just because he was so nice that we're trying to promote him. But what about you? <laughs> um, well, I have a couple examples of like awkward interactions. Uh-huh. I never really did the fanatic thing, but then if we do a fear episode... I do have some interesting <laughs> stories about Mr. Wahlberg. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> well, you lived on Cali for a minute, right? Yes. How long were you out there? I was out there for four years for college and then five years after that. Do you remember you you went to LA for 24 hours? Yes, I did. <laughs> that was amazing. I was so tired. <laughs> I was so exhausted. I felt I slept on the floor of the airport. Oh my gosh. So what did you do in 24 hours? No way. So um, I was invited to this reunion for a show that I worked on. Um, It was the first show that I worked on. What show? uh, It was a reality show called um, 10 Years Younger. Okay. And I worked on it for, I think, two, two years. And it was such a good experience. It, I, I still have really good friends from it. And I it was just like this really wonderful like entry to... Um, Showbiz, baby. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and reality TV and like multitasking and, and the, the pacing that usually goes along with working in the entertainment industry. And it was just overwhelmingly positive. And so when I got the email about the reunion, I was thinking, you know, well, it's in LA. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna go to LA, it's crazy. Um, and then I started thinking I need to, I need to like start saying yes to more things and just okay. kind of, you know, do things that I think will make me happy. Um, so I ended up just like cashing in some points or whatever, like airline points and um, got a good deal and <laughs> I, I don't know why but I was just like if I go there for 24 hours I don't have to get a hotel. <laughs> That's true. Was it over a weekend? You could like you didn't yeah. have to take time off? Exactly. I, know, I went on a Saturday. Back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like hey you're uh, not looking not looking gr- I want to say this in the most flattering and humble way. Oof. You yeah. don't look great right now. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I would say it was like more like 36. Yeah. If you can't like travel and stuff. And I didn't get a lot of sleep the night before and it was tough. Like, yes. real tough. But I went to the comedy store, I saw like a good show there. I really packed in the day. That's I'm jealous you got to go to the comedy store. <laughs> yeah, right? it was great. I really, it was, a, it was an interesting day. Got to reconnect with people from the show, but... I wouldn't recommend it in terms um, of the way to travel. Uh, wait, so what all did you do there? I, I yeah, took a nap in the library. No, for the, for four years you took a nap? No, no. Oh, I, t- <laughs> no. <laughs> I took a nap in the West Hollywood Park also okay. during my 24-hour thing. It was tough. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> You're like, did you see this fucking scar? Anyways, what was your question? What did I do? What other shows have you worked on? Yeah, you, you, and your interactions I with people in I worked on... I started in reality TV, and then I went to scripted casting work. Um, my first job was on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, I got fired. <laughs> oh, what? Why? Why did they fire you? You know, I... It was... It was, you can memorize it was my first scripted casting <laughs> job. Yeah. And I was replacing someone who was fairly, um, fairly experienced. And I just, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was learning a lot on the job. Um, and I just, I don't think it was like the pacing for me. It was really tough. What do, what do they have you do? What is that? What's the difference? You're speaking a different language to me. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We're, we both are still convinced that you were on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. But you're, you, yeah. You couldn't get your mind right. You weren't, we're still, you weren't oh, yeah. reading the updated <laughs> scripts that they were delivering <laughs> to your the show. Hills, <laughs> the pilot is you instead of Lorelai. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just see me like in the back of all the episodes. I was like an extra. Yeah. Superman video. I yeah. Was yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> Copy barista number three. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be so Just take out the trash once a week. It's like, where's, <laughs> I basically, where's Waldo on Gilmore Girls? No. Um, <laughs> so, 
uh, yeah, so basically with um, TV casting, uh, we would bring in um, all the people that like had like maybe a few lines, just like the people that would pop in for an episode or a couple episodes or have a couple lines in the episode. We would cast those, and usually um, it's like a week of prep and then a week of production. So it was really fast, really fast paced. And I'm, I think I'm better with like longer projects, like films and stuff. Yeah. So wait, what weird experiences have you had with celebrities? Um, so yeah, so the two that came to mind. <laughs> so I worked at Bloomingdale's. I, I can't get over the fact that you were on Gilmore Guys. And I've never watched it. it. That's why I never recognized you. Yeah. So this is the most smooth, like smooth sailing celebrity interaction I've ever had. <laughs> Wait, and I want to get a clear cut of this. And you started Nick Kroll's career. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Oh. I want to specify that I did not start his career. But you gave him I the simply, words of motivation to get him into I simply encouraged the directors to hire him. For the uh, ABC show Cavemen. I think that's because I what how many episodes? Two episodes in? Yeah, that's Oh my god. Uh, that's that's not kind of like his break though, which is good. No, he I knew him from that's right. Well that's after. That's but I knew him yeah. from Best Week Ever on VH1. Oh shoot, that's right. Yeah. That's where everybody started. Yeah. Mulaney, the Sklar Brothers. People's. Pete Holmes. Yeah. That was real. That was one of my favorite shows. What was that? Best week ever. Never yeah, so like good. How many shows were you on, Alex? <laughs> Not that. I mean, you know, oh, I am. Heard of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Seinfeld, <laughs> Mash. Yeah. I was on Order. I was S- Kramer S- on Seinfeld. <laughs> I had an Ice Tea. But um, yeah, we can we can talk about Nick. The Nick situation, um, but I am I'm such a fan of Nick, and I I will always uh, stick my head out for him. Um, so I worked at Bloomingdale's for a hot second, about a month, and um, Wanda Sykes came in, and I was working in the jewelry section, and part of our job, if we sold um, jewelry, is we would take the little alarm thing off, but I you know didn't I don't was a, the greatest, most attentive employee, so I sold her a pair of earrings, and then I forgot to take the alarm off, and then she left, and the alarm went off, oh, and I was right. mortified. You oh, almost killed Wanda Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, the, so mortified. The sex were high, man. The sex. That's a better joke. Psych. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> <Psyched. laughs> really psyched her out. Huh? So All right. Um, but she was really nice Um, she was totally um, understanding and and didn't get mad at all Uh, but I felt really bad I was you know that's no way to interact with someone especially who's so funny and amazing Um, and then the only really bad experience I had I, I was at a museum in New York and I opened the door really fast like to to exit and I hit um, Sarah Gilbert from Roseanne and she started oh, yelling wow. at me <laughs> she played one of the daughters on right. Roseanne she yelled at you yeah she was like what the fuck and I was like ah. you didn't say I'm walking here <laughs> <laughs> I was I was really taken aback but um, she called her a peasant just not leaving the museum and peasant. <laughs> but yeah, usually um, I I really, I think I one of the reasons why I always kind of steered clear of celebrities, unless like I had to deal with them in the casting sense or whatever, is because like I felt, it probably says more about me, but I always felt like, you know, they are uber successful, they're confident, blah, blah, blah. Like they're cool, I'm not. Like it's like, you know. Yeah. So I always kind of really backed up if, if I saw a celebrity. I, I, I get backed up when I see celebrities. Too. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. I totally forgot. This, I, this isn't as ex- exciting as anything else, but it made me so happy. You know, do you guys ever watch Impractical Jokers? 
Oh, with those guys on True TV. Mm-hmm. Were you on that show too? Jesus. Listen, I'm, I'm a joker. joker. I'm gonna look up her IMDb. <laughs> uh, they were uh, doing their their show in Times Square when I was in New York once, mm-hmm. and I saw Joe for like half a second. And I just like because it was like my favorite show at the time. Yeah. I just looked at him. and I was like, Oh my god! And he's like, Shh. <laughs> so I like waited for a little bit, and then I went up and I was like. up the good work and I just shake his hand and this is all in two seconds it was like shake hand eight words gone I was just like oh. <laughs> just, just drop down <laughs> but um, yeah I I mean maybe not being a, a fanatic is something that everybody can relate to but just like being obsessed about something mm-hmm. every or, now and, yeah. or anxious about interested even yeah uh, like, that's how it started for this guy, Moose. Yeah. He just wanted to, you know, meet the guy. It wasn't like he wanted to be best friends with him. No. So, what I wanted to bring up in this episode, and I couldn't find any articles on it because I don't think David Spade's very open about it. I've only heard him talk about it once, and I think it was on the Nervous Podcast. Um, David Spade almost got murdered by a fan once. No. I this, no, I heard the story. Okay. That's awful. I think, I think. You tell the story and then I'll... Yeah, you tell. So, I, so basically, I mean, it was kind of like that uh, scene that I watched mm-hmm. in this movie where the guy was just at his house already when he came home. And David was trying to be, like, polite. And he's like, okay, that's fine. And he went inside. And then um, later on that day, he, like, went outside and the guy was, like, still waiting for him broke in, chased after him. Uh, I think the sprinklers were on or something like that. So David Spade was like slipping and falling. And um, apparently the guy, I think the guy had some sort of weapon. Because I, I know that David, was it like a knife or something? It's either a knife or a taser, I think. That's Jesus. might have been what it was. But, because David Spade had a shotgun under yeah. his bed. Oh my God. And... So did the guy get into his house? So this is a story, I heard a similar one, I don't know which one is true, but it was, he, David Spade had an assistant who was That's what working was. for him, but always trying to get into some of the different films and projects he was working on. Yeah. So he was going to play the mechanic in Joe Dirt. Okay. Then Kevin Nealon. Because Adam Sandberg's like, nah, let's put Kevin in. Yeah. Well, Kevin's that. awesome. Why not? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so this guy took it really, uh, took it really personally. Sorry, it's all a reflection. I got spooked. You're like, he's right. It's just me. Um, but yeah, so then he broke in oh. in the middle of the night Shit. and tried to kill him, and then David Spade got his shotgun. Something happened where they were outside, and then he ran in and locked the door. Mm. And grabbed his shotgun, mm-hmm. but they were like wrestling and mm-hmm. throwing punches at each other. Jesus. And then David Spade managed to get him outside, and then he locked the door, called the police. The guy ran, and then I guess I had to go home, bottle of Tylenol PM, and just ate the whole thing, but no. he still survived. Oh my god! Yeah, just and they found him. Uh, he just kind of passed out. Passed him, so Ugh. took him to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, that's Dude, awful. Um. What was the other one I was going to bring up? Oh, did you guys ever hear about the story about Nick Swanson and how he switched phone numbers? No. Okay, so, uh, first of all, I'm glad you took the reins on that one because I did not remember that story correctly at all. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I missed a bunch of yeah. important details on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I heard yeah, years ago, but, um, what was it? Oh, okay, so Nick Swanson got a new phone number and texted everybody that he knew that, hey, this is my new phone number. Blah blah blah, and he's like, Nick Swanson's not the most famous person in the world, but he has like insane connections mm-hmm. through Adam Sandler. He's like best friends with Paris Hilton. He knows countless NFL players because he's such an NFL fanatic. I just—it's the title of the movie. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <sighs> I'm a fan. Did you guys watch that part? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, but there's he one day he got a text from Paris and was like, hey, you know, I really. Missed you last night at my party. I'm sorry you couldn't make it. And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I sent you a text like two weeks ago to come to my place. And he's like, I never got that text. To the old phone? Yeah. yeah. Yes, to the old phone. And he's like, 
she's like, I had a whole conversation with you. How do you not remember this? She's like, were you drinking or anything? He's like, he's like, no, 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 we're in production. I was like, I haven't drank in months. Yeah. And then he slowly starts realizing that this guy who had his old phone number was living his life. Oh, so he's like, yeah, 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 right. yeah, I can go to that party, but uh, can you uh, put my friend Drew on the list? Oh, no. And so Drew, and I think that's his actual name, would go to these things. Like as his at, guest. As his guest, yeah. and then Nick Swanson would never show up because he never even knew it existed. So he's going to all Jesus. these parties, had all these things. I think it ended up being on like a late night show, and Nick Swanson was like, hey, this is the line mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Okay. I consider myself a nice person, and if I see you at a bar, I will buy you a shot. You cannot be doing this shit. Yeah. And it, I think he finally ended up suing him, or he just yeah. like got bored with the whole. Um, it's a delicate balance. But that guy had a blank check with some pretty cool <laughs> shit, right. man. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, we're doing a black light bubble party at uh, the Hilton Hotel in, in uh, Moscow. Do you want to come? <laughs> sure. It's the address. Also, can I turn <laughs> My also, friend Drew will be representing like, me. Uh, send me two tickets to Moscow. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, doesn't this look like a jumbo uh, marshmallow? Yeah, it looks a bit. Or a regular marshmallow. That's insane. Can you imagine your luck? Like, hey, it's Chris. Yeah, your old number. You're like <laughs> new number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that first text. Yeah, just a spit take. Just <laughs> wearing yeah. the car in front of you. <laughs> I feel like it would take me, like, I probably wouldn't put, like, two and two together. Like. No, not first. Yeah, I'd be like Paris. Um, Oh, I would fitness? totally blow that. I was like, lady, yeah. you got the wrong number. Yeah. I'd be like, Paris yeah. who? What are you talking about? Do you mean Perez? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely not be quick on the draw with that one. No, neither. Um, okay, so Graven, how did you feel about this movie? I really, I mean, I need, I, honestly, so I'm going to go over to Catherine's after this, mm-hmm. and I am going to convince her to watch the rest of it with me, or I'll watch it tomorrow. Because I think the beginning stages are really interesting. I, As far as like stuff that doesn't age well, I really, like I said, I think it's a delicate balance mm-hmm. when you're portraying someone with a mental illness. And it's not really established. You just kind of have to assume it the whole time, which yeah. I don't really like. Mm-hmm. Um, two is that it is also kind of pretty obvious that he has a mental condition. And aside from a handful of people, they're absolute garbage to him like those guys that start beating him up in the the restroom Mm -hmm. or people who are like paying him to distract people while they pickpocket people like Mm -hmm. and then even I mean I understand the dynamic of I'm a celebrity and you're not you need to respect my privacy but the level of being a total fucking dick to this guy who clearly has something going on Mm -hmm. that you like you should show a little bit, like even just a shred of sympathy for this yeah, guy. Just be like a decent person. And it, I mean, it, the thing that I hated is that whole interaction at their gate was five minutes long. I was like, you could assign thirty things for him, and mm-hmm. he would have never came back. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not there to stalk you. He is there to get an autograph, and mm-hmm. he will leave. Totally. That's how his mind works. He's mm-hmm. not. He's a pretty innocent person, based off of you know what I've seen in the first. So that's that's stuff I didn't like, and that's why I didn't like it, the fact that it came out in two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. And the movie's not that relatable. We're not celebrities, and the whole time we're like, why isn't anybody doing being nice to him? And so I I, I think yeah, that's no, what it was. I think it was really depressing, just the whole story. For yeah. sure. And just watching different it's scenes where he gets his shit rocked. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, poor guy. But yeah. but yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Is how are you supposed to relate to? Like, maybe they just didn't dedicate enough of the story and the script to either character. Yeah. Because you don't sympathize with really anybody. Exactly. You're just kind of like, this oh, is a mess. That's a really good way to put you're just it. sitting yeah. there and you're just watching this, like, this is a mess. Yeah. That's... Which is why it gave me so much anxiety when mm-hmm. I watched like, the first 10, 15 yeah. minutes. I wrote, no one is a hero in this. Like, you're not rooting for anyone, really. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, because you are kind of dropped in the middle of that world very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so you don't even know the backstory of. I mean, John Travolta, he's probably in his 50s at this point. Oh, yeah. 50s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not him as a person, but like the oh, character. Yeah. Yeah. Moose? Yeah. So Moose is... you think you could have like some weird flashback from why he's so <laughs> obsessed with this person? Yeah. Like maybe it's something that they watched when, you know... When he was younger. Younger or like 
one day this bully really picked on him and he got this DV on the way home or mm-hmm. I mean like even just doing the scene in Unbreakable where <laughs> sorry for bringing it up again but where the mom gets uh, Samuel Jackson that comic book and sets it outside so he, it's incredibly difficult for him to go outside and get something and bring it back because of his disability like even just setting that stage where why is this important to him yeah. why is any of this yeah yeah, that's one of the things. And then I also thought that it would have been maybe more interesting if the Moose character was closer to Hunter's age. And then that way you could have seen like the Moose character being like, oh, we could be friends. Like maybe seeing yeah. someone he wanted to be or he maybe related to a little bit. Yeah. But... I also wondered if Fred Durst, like, how did they even connect him and Travolta? That's what I thought, but I think you brought up a really good point hmm. where part of the script hit home for John. The Travolta. fans. Yeah, so. Because yeah. he had a son that was. Yes. Yeah, so I think maybe that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, him, like, both of them have had weird experiences with fans. But. Yeah, I feel like. John and Fred, first name basis. Um, <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not like our George Clooney's of the world, where ever just like no one really has any shit to say against them. You know what I mean? What? You, oh. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like yeah, they, yeah, yeah, They've yeah. had fanatics and they've had yeah. people shit on them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and so it's hard for them to differentiate right. uh, between the two. Is Fred a Scientologist? Do you know? Is he what? Is he a Scientologist? Oh, I don't know. I wonder. Because <laughs> Travolta is, right? He's oh, like a major Scientologist. Oh, yeah. I thought, yeah. I also did not understand the friendship between Moose and Leo. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Like, I thought maybe he was her dad at one point. I was like, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Or then, like, what? This is like the landlord from that. Yes. <laughs> like, what okay, why are they so close? What is the deal? And then, hey, can we address this? Like, <laughs> I just don't understand. And this is what, now going back to casting, I was really interested in, you know, what it was like to cast the Hunter role and the Leah role. Because um, I know that it was probably like they went down a list of people and like, I don't think Devin or whatever this girl who was Leah, like I don't think they were first on the list. But that's true. I mean that's a good point. I mean who do you think was first? I don't know, but I, I can't imagine I mean this girl I I don't I didn't know who she was. I think she's from Canada or something. Fucking <laughs> Canada. Canada. What? Um, <laughs> where are they from in the Apple? What? Yeah, they're from Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. Yeah. 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 Right out of Saskatchewan. Although I think I think Devin did a decent job. I was a little thrown off because I like to kind of imagine him as this like, you know, kid from Casper. To, so to see him all these years later, it was like no, no. Oh. <laughs> but also, couldn't, why couldn't we get Wendy? Like, I feel like he could have explained himself at the like to the cops yeah like, i didn't even know she was dead out there this guy yeah snuck in yeah did nothing yeah like this is that a is huge yeah. 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 For me. yeah yeah and then the <laughs> housekeeper was out there for like two days yeah i was gonna say what she be like all bloated and stuff. <laughs> like they, they just left her yeah, out there all the neighborhood cats <laughs> they were like the, yeah, the coyotes will get her yeah the coyotes <laughs> and then I also didn't like how they kind of portrayed Hollywood as like this small town thing oh, yeah. where it's like there was the one security guard who was kind of his protector there was all these people on Hollywood Boulevard know each other it's like I don't think that's how it is I mean there's a million people there per day probably I mean honestly here's the thing I'm Tim back me up on this first yeah, of all 
we have no idea what you're talking about. Like this, this, the people they go to. We were, we were never in Hollywood, right? Of course, you're talking about Hollywood Boulevard. Like, we've never been there. Yeah, so, like, okay, so more than one person on a paper, and okay. then a whole street, right? a city. I mean, but okay, but was it? Oh, you had to call him. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Oh, you who's call- first on the bill? I don't know what the bill is. <laughs> What's the bill? Yeah. Okay, on Capitol Hill. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, you had used so many industry terms. No! Just, I am not it's, even. It's like that guy in uh, jargon in there. But he's like, oh, I got so many things to learn. Yeah, overall, I really, I didn't think that this movie was good. I also, one of my favorite parts was when Leah, the paparazzo young friend of his, slash possible daughter, no, um, she said, she was like, okay, there's this thing called star maps where you can like get the address of the dude's house. And then like later she's like, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have given him that info. No shit, Leah. What are you doing, girl? Yeah, he's talking about Ben Affleck and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, don't tell him where fucking Ben Affleck lives. <laughs> like, what a dumbass. Uh, so stupid. I hate, I really, but there's a lot of plot holes. And uh, not a fan. I will say I'm gonna give credit to my boyfriend who suggested we watch this movie, and he's a doll. You have a boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just. I thought you were going into a Mark Wahlberg is my boyfriend bit. No, babe. I'm not that know. delusional. <laughs> what? Not like you mean it. Not like you're a fanatic. You have to tell us after we record. We had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's a dog. But yeah, yeah. we were watching like all these bad movies for a while because we started just doing like virtual date nights um, for a second when like we had like a little COVID scare. So we did little virtual date nights. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I don't think I could ever have watched that movie on my own. Like, I'll never, like, and, right. like, I only did it for the purpose, and I really didn't even watch the movie. Yeah. Like, like, skimmed around. But it's not good. I don't know about you, growing up, I could, I couldn't, if I started a movie, I had to finish it. Oh, really? Yeah. Now I'll, I'll pull the shoot in the middle of For sure, yeah. Care. Yeah. So, I don't know how your boyfriend, he watched this whole movie at one point just on his own. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we actually watched it together. I'm not, not saying we're making it. We did a virtual... I'm impressed, if anything. (laughs) Yeah, no, we we watched that together. We did virtual date night where we watched um, Cats. And we did... What's the one with um, Dana Carvey, where he's the turtle? Oh, Master of Disguise. Master of Disguise. That was so bad. That was really good. Master of Disguise. What? (laughs) (laughs) Pistachio (laughs) Disguise. I love that thing. (laughs) <laughs> what a movie that yeah, was! That I was really wanted to be the turtle for Halloween. I remember when that came out. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Oh god, <laughs> that's a hot mess of a movie. Um, but yeah. Um, my name is a pistachio. My name is a pistachio disguise. We have to. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll have to really brainstorm on something that happened. I mean, this is the most recent thing that we've done for this podcast, but for like things that just didn't age well, but we gotta come up with something that uh, I don't know. Maybe we need to do another TV show or something like that. The t- a TV show that didn't age well? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like even Grey's Anatomy probably had something. Ugh, oh, I hate Grey's. Here's why: everyone's having sex while they should be working. Honestly, I worked in a hospital for a year and a half. I never saw that shit happen. But also, right. I was a housekeeping manager, and people thought I was. Pretty much scum. <laughs> but like nobody's doing what they're doing on that show. Nobody is just no. yeah, moaning. Should we be in surgery? Right? I can wait. No, this is not, it, I found it very <clears throat> not realistic. We should do uh, like even... Uh, MASH? Do you think that would age well? We gotta find something, because I watched Knocked Up recently and mm-hmm. this is 40. Mm-hmm. And there's certain moments that didn't age well, but they're... they're Planted there for a reason to mm. show like how far we've come, and we can mm. find something that is just completely oblivious. But mm. 
exactly what it's like. <laughs> but I just thought it was like, all right, we can start making some real money, and then it's like a year later that I, oh yeah. shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> So y'all are people now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But, yeah, we can. Preparations for sure. Uh, Thanks, Craig Danny. Oh, God. That's so <laughs> That horrible timing on her part. Um, <laughs> That's her, the worst part of it. Her, yeah. her realtor's like, this is a good life. It's buyer's market. This yeah. is, the, the value can only go up. <laughs> it can only go up. <laughs> what about the, the war that I feel like we're losing? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter. Have you tried this new Have you seen the roof? It's fake news. It's fake news. Have you tried this new steak sauce? It just came out. Have you seen that meme? There's a... I don't know if it's Heinz 57 or 81. It came out, like, in the middle of the Civil War. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because every bottle says the date. Or every someone looked at it and like, that was in the middle of the Civil War. Who was making steak sauce? Um, Anyway, that's funny. Uh, but, uh, so I'm assuming that none of us wrote jokes on anything. These were all just crazy stressed out. I wrote a little bit more on the way to blank. Let's hear it. Let it rip. Uh, I didn't, I also didn't bring my notebook for the, uh, the word. The word, but let's see what, what I have here. <laughs> well, this is what I had to do last Friday, first of all. Uh, apparently stock up at Target. Um, the only thing that I added to the weighted blanket joke was, I just picture someone, like a kid growing up in a very wealthy household, where they're like, oh, I want to be a ghost, can I just use some of your sheets? And they're like, fuck no, those, those sheets are Egyptian cotton, are you kidding me? You're going to be seen. And they're like, take this weighted blanket, and then like, they cut the holes out of the weighted blanket, and they're going around, and it's like, little ghost for Halloween, and they come back, and their neck is just like... Uh, Stem Cold Austin, like, <laughs> just, just having, like, 40 pounds of a blanket as you walk throughout the entire neighborhood at trick-or-treating. You know, at trick-or-treating. Yeah. At trick-or-treating. <laughs> welcome to trick-or-treating. Hi, welcome to trick-or-treating. <clears throat> Looks like you're first on the bill, whatever that means. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> um, that is fantastic. Um... So we'll just uh, we'll play the tape back on that last episode and see what our the words our words were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what mine was. I just what I, was it? I, it was stem. Oh, that's right. And Alex's was hot dog. Uh oh. And yours was rocket, maybe. Mm-hmm. Missile. Maybe. I think it was missile. Oh, it was missile. That's what it was. It was missile. And then we're supposed to write jokes based on the... As many yeah, as you can. write mistletoe. Little yes. one-liners, or...? I mean, no, it doesn't have to be. We have been a poem one time. We can do, like, a fun... Oh, I need to get back on those poems. There you go. Those are so... My buddy started doing poems on his podcast because of it. Like, he does a poem every time. God, what a hack. That's your, that's your material. Honestly, that's your act. Here's the deal. The whole point... Did no plugs? You got anything going on in your life you want to promote? Do we got? Who do we got coming to the South Pole? Um, oh, we got ACH coming up soon. Yeah, he'll he'll be there on the twenty fifth, day before Thanksgiving, and it's a virtual show as well, so you can get tickets and watch it um, from the comfort of your own home for twenty four hours. And um, Melissa Bia Senor. Oh, she's she's coming back. Hers was canceled because of. She is going to be there um, the 19th to the 21st of November. I have. Is the downtown one going to open up anytime? You know, they're doing some renovations still, um, but I think probably after the new year and stuff because it's so small, you know. Is Reno helping out with the reno? Nice. I don't know, actually. Let's give it a muscle. This looks like it. That'll be our little Instagram post. Um, and then, what else do I have to plug? Um, the Arvada Center, where I just started working, is doing a couple virtual shows as well. So I would recommend checking out Arvada Center. They're doing more like holiday 
virtual shows. Let me send me a link of um, some things that you would think people would like mm -hmm. from that because I'm, I'm in charge of like the weekly check-in at my work mm -hmm. for our department. And one of the sections is like things to do in Denver. Yeah. And before I was like, hey, you can go to Redbox and watch a movie. And now it's just like, uh, I in, in no good conscience can tell you to leave your house. Right. Um, so I do want to find better things for virtual stuff. Yeah. That's what I think is really impressive about like what Comedy Works is doing with the virtual stuff, what Arvada Center um, is doing. They really got creative in terms of doing like radio plays and, um, and virtual shows. I think that's you know incredible, and especially in in these times where it's like you could really shut down if you want, but they're like let's let's put our minds together and figure out some yeah. stuff. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> we're in more of a lockdown now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even in cases like one in every one hundred people. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it wasn't that long ago that we like people were literally huddled around a radio and listening to a show. So, I mean, it'd be kind of a cool retro thing for things yeah. for people to do. Like, I would I would listen to, like, I used totally. to listen to Prairie Home Companion constantly. Mm -hmm. What? Uh, Prairie Home Companion. You should look it up. It's some of the, it's really, really, really funny. It's um, like a radio company in Minnesota, mm -hmm. I think. And really? uh, they actually did a huge movie about it because there's so many people that, like, got started into showbiz or radio or movies or comedy because of Garrison Keillor and mm -hmm. Prairie Home Companion. It's a yeah. it's just a fantastic show. Yeah. But and it's, it's super like, easy. It's yeah. like turn on, you know. Yeah, it's just super easy. easy. Mm -hmm. Stay in put, put a nickel in the jukebox, hit it with your butt, and boom. Oh. So Alright. Okay. Thank you for coming guys. Yes, thank you. That was fun. Make a case. Make a case. To your living room.